Do you need to get your Dolphins in or out of your lineups with Tua Tungavailoa back? What can you expect from Zach Ertz, the Arizona Cardinal, and will Kadarius Toney still come through even with the return of Sterling Shepard? Plus, the 2021 FFPC main event leaders Danny Mueller and Ron Meyer talk about their first place team when they hop aboard with us and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hours start now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Remember to check out their music at quiethollers.com. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs, all of you tuning in to listen to this week's edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, we have a couple of great guests on the show tonight. Um, two of our buddies, two people that have uh, uh, are very accomplished in the FFPC and the KFFSC. But allow me to brag a little bit mm-hmm. at the top mm-hmm. of the show. Because uh, I was a little bit nervous when I was watching that Monday night game. I didn't have a ton of Ravens and Colts going in my leagues uh, this past week. But of all my managed teams this year, um, it, uh, I have uh, 22 managed teams where I got to you know submit lineups and waivers every week. This past week, sure. 18 and four, 18 and ah, four. Ah, uh, in in 20, it was lot one of the of best green in the Baldwin column. Uh, makes me happy. Congratulations! It was awesome, man. Buddy. Thank you so much. I, I was thrilled. Um, it was much needed. Obviously, we all know uh, you as an FFPC guy understand how hard wins are to come by at the high stakes oh. level, so I was thrilled to see it. I hope we can continue rolling. And quite frankly, I hope we can pick the minds of our, our, our guests tonight to, to try to glean some, uh, some nuggets, some fantasy nuggets for you and I to, mm-hmm. to make the remainder of our seasons very profitable here, man. Mm-hmm. I do too. I expect when knowledge is dispensed from these two, it would be similar to being, uh, oh, probably as close to the chest and as tight as a slot machine at the gold strike on uh, Friday night in downtown Las Vegas. So I, I don't really think, you know, but, but perhaps if we ask them politely, they will be charitable and share some of their knowledge. I'm, I'm very excited for that. We are going to talk to the 2021 FFPC main event leaders, Danny Mueller and Ron Meyer, mm. roughly in about 12 minutes here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. We're going to talk about how they assembled such a dominant squad, whether you need to, to keep the fight, uh, whether you need to, to fight to keep Van Jefferson on your rosters with the bye week gauntlet upon us with, uh, with so many injuries, which we'll touch on tonight, uh, that have hit uh, High Stakes Fantasy owners here in week six. And uh, whether Ricky Seals-Jones is going to make his managers happy in week six, plus uh, obviously a ton more topics we're going to hit on. Shout out to the chat room right now. You can post your questions. You might have them there. Uh, if you want to connect, uh, connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Uh, Danny is at Danny Mueller one Ron is at 2Packer. And, of course, you can check out the KFFSC at KFFSC.com. Facebook.com slash HSFFR is where to reach us. And if you want to give us a call, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com is the email box that our best, our, my best friend and Bryce, um, I'm, I'm terrible, 
my best friend and audio <laughs> engineer, Bryce, and our mutual friend and producer, Rob, they will be monitoring that email box. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. All right, so right at the top of the show, I do want to mention this. Rotovis High Stakes Lowdown this week features BitLab Mandel, a guy who has not one, not two, but three teams in the main event uh, in the FFPC right now. Uh, congratulations, Tammy. He's got a, a couple of teams in the Football Guys Players Championship high up in the standings and dominating the uh, Pros versus Joes competition, as well as numerous FFPC and KFFSC teams. Rotoviz.com slash podcast is where to check out my interview with BitLab Mandel. It was a fun one. Went a little long, so if you're looking for good uh, notorious BIP uh, insight, you're going to get a lot of it in that podcast, rotaviz.com slash podcast once again. All right. So, Farrell, let's get into it here. Um, let's go rapid fire on some of these injuries before we get into the Zach okay. news. Uh, number one, Cliff Kingsbury is COVID positive. He is not coaching against the Browns. Are you changing the way you feel about any of your Cardinals or Browns this week based on that? Me personally, I'm not. If I was rolling out um, you know, Hopkins or Edmonds or Connor or Green or any of those guys, I'm rolling them out there regardless of this. How do you feel about the Kingsbury news? Um, I'm akin to you. I think uh, Coach Kingsbury in this situation, and at least in the Sarah, short term. Sarah, did I lose you? Are you still there, buddy? It may be. Uh, can you hear me, Balky? Balky, are you there? I'll call you right back. Eric, are you in the building? And we lost Farrell again. Okay. So that is the, the Cardinals news right now as we try to get Farrell Elliott back here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go out to the phone lines uh, right now, and we are going to take a, a phone call, and, and hopefully this will be a good guinea pig uh, test here for, uh, as we try to get Farrell back. I do believe we have Farrell back right now. Farrell, can you hear me? Are you with us? Baby, I am, and thank you for that excellent engineering job to get me back on the air. And, you know, as you <laughs> asked that question, I'll be happy to answer it now, but I was I was just about ready to say say something that not not terribly um, uh, pro about the Arizona Cardinals coach. So I will just I will just table that to say that a new level of attention brought forward to the coaching staff that will be in charge. Uh, by the players on hand, sometimes can be a real positive for a team. And uh, Arizona's clicking on all cylinders. He has prepared them well to play. So, no, I think uh, I think you should stick with all your Arizona Cardinals. All right, so now maybe some more concerning news, also in the same division with the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson was placed on injured reserve. No, Not a big surprise there with his, quote-unquote, mallet finger. But Chris Carson mm. with his neck, also on injured reserve today, Farrell. He is going to miss the next three games. The earliest now he can come back is week 10. It is the Alex Collins, Travis Homer, and DJ Dallas show in Seattle right now. Um, obviously, Collins the most attractive guy among those three running backs. How concerned are you that, that with, with the Seahawks already back three games in the NFC West race that Carson may not be back this year? A miserable situation for Seattle and their fans, a situation where – uh, the, the players that are there to step up are very, very capable, but you're getting uh, such a talent drain that it's it's hard to cover all of it. Collins has disappointed me before. I've been a good fan of his and a supporter of his, and he played very, very well last week. If he can continue it, that's good. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it's a bad football season for uh, uh, people in the uh, in the Emerald City. Yeah, and we'll be watching. It sounds like DK Metcalf is going to play this week, so that's very good. Um, but but certainly um, uh, not great if you have Chris Carson in your fantasy league. Um, I, we don't have to touch on TJ uh, TJ McLaurin, Terry McLaurin. I, it sounds like he's going to play. It sounds like Josh Jacobs oh, is going to be out there as well. We will get into much more um, with the injury situations coming up later on in the show, especially with our guests, Ron Meyer, Danny Miller. Uh, will be joining us in about four minutes here. Uh, let's get into the biggest news of the day. It's a personnel one. The uh, NFL uh, trade 
um, uh, uh, bill was was churning today between the Arizona Cardinals and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Zach Ertz uh, goes from being a bird on the East Coast to a bird on the West Coast, as he is now an Arizona Cardinal. The Cardinals send Tay Gowan and a 2022 fifth-round pick to Philly. Now, according to Adam Schefter, the Cardinals um, traded for Ertz, quote, with the idea of making him a regular featured part of its offense. And Ertz has told others in the past that Arizona appealed to him. Now, Zach Ertz, 30 years old. We saw him catch a touchdown, including four other catches last night on uh, Thursday Night Football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Historically, Cliff Kingsbury's offenses uh, in Arizona have not used the tight end. However, we did see a lot of Max Williams this year until he had the season-ending knee injury. This is obviously good news for Dallas Goddard, who does not have to contend with Zach Ertz anymore in the Philly offense, Farrell. But you look at Zach Ertz now as the Arizona Cardinal. DeAndre Hopkins is there, Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, Chase Edmonds, all viable pass catchers there. How does Zach Ertz figure into the Arizona offense, and how do we use that to our advantage in fantasy football? Well, uh, you know, you checked all the boxes here, Balky, and yes, I've been a big Zach Ertz fan since the days back with the Niners, and I'm so pleased that he gets this sort of platform to show his skills. I think even at 30 years old, he's one of the best pass-catching tight ends, and I still view him as a slot receiver. There's so many mismatch problems, and you mentioned it. All these guys on Arizona, all this offensive talent, will drive a defensive coordinator crazy. You put Zach Ertz into this situation, uh, it's even more of a problem. And, uh, yeah, from week to week, guys are going to step up in the Arizona offense. I doubt if we're going to see what we see uh, around other teams where you you might get a receiver like Hopkins who is targeted 12, 13, 14 times because so many players are going to have a role in a game to get open and contribute. Zach Ertz is uh, – it's wonderful for the for the players, uh, the fantasy players that that uh, will manage him on the roster going forward in Arizona. It's wonderful, Goddard, and uh, it's a it's a situation where uh, um, Philadelphia gets a fifth round pick in 2022. And I'll tell you something about that draft that's upcoming this spring, Balky. Uh The spring of 2022 will bring an unprecedented number of players into the draft because of uh, the COVID year. And with a fifth-round pick, uh, just with all this number of players, the, the talent level is is going to be hard to separate. And you'll have guys that will walk in off the street as free agents that might be as good as your fifth-round pick. So as far as I'm concerned, they got a uh, rookie cornerback for Zach Ertz. That fifth-round pick is very limited in value. Um, let's talk about, as, as I'm trying to catch up in the chat room conversation, uh, stuff I'm not comfortable in there. It's vaccinations. It's Viagra. A lot of medicine. Oh. A lot of drugs uh, conversation flying flying around in the chat room right now. We will try to get it back to fantasy football here as we await uh, Ron Meyer and, and uh, Danny Miller here on the program tonight. Brian Flores, uh, the head coach of the Dolphins, says Tua Tunga-Vailoa is going to start this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. Public service announcement, that starts at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time Sunday. Set your lineup Saturday night or early Sunday morning to make sure you're not caught with your pants down, so to speak, uh, with that game. Joe Shad is on Twitter reporting this. Now, um, the the Jacksonville secondary so far this season, Farrell, allowing almost a 75% completion rate. That's the second highest in the league, almost 13 yards per completion, which is third highest in the NFL right now. This could be good news for Tua Tungavailoa. However, one of his pass catchers will not be Devontae Parker as he made the trip to London, but he's already been ruled out. So we look, we're looking at Jalen Waddle. Will Fuller is still on IR. You have, obviously, Mike Jasicki there as well. What are you expecting for, um, you know, what would you, I guess, recommend people who have Waddle, a player like Jalen Waddle, um, knowing that Parker's out, knowing that Will Fuller is not playing, Knowing that Tunga Bailoa is back, is he a must-flex this week for you? Yes, Jalen Waddle should be in all lineups. And, and the quarterback's coming back, despite Jacksonville's issues in the secondary, he's going to need to ease in back to the NFL uh, week-to-week grind. And, and Tua's perfect receiver for this situation is Waddle. Uh, you know, he runs short routes, he's got great hands, uh, he runs with the ball well after he catches it, he'll frustrate any type of the defender's uh, 
close to the ball, and then he'll have some shots downfield as things uh, as as things work out through the game for him. So, yeah, I really like Waddle's upside in this game, and he's the guy that I want to go to. I wouldn't spend a lot of time uh, trying to count on picking up other Dolphins receivers to try to plug and play in the absence of Parker. Uh, there's going to be enough offense in the short passing game, and uh, that's what uh, to mitigate uh, the risk of moving the ball down the field. Uh, with the quarterback that's coming off IR. I think uh, this would be a good question for one of our guests who I know uh, drafted Jalen Waddle in a ton of leagues this year, and that's Danny Mueller. Mm-hmm. Let's bring in uh, tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, both are longtime, highly, accompli- uh, highly accomplished high-stakes fantasy football players with numerous championships in the FFPC <laughs> and the KFFSC under their belts. They're looking for their biggest score of their careers to date this year as they are both in first place in the $4 million FFPC main event, heading into week six with a $500,000 grand prize staring them in the face. Please welcome back onto the program. You follow him on Twitter at Danny Mueller one Danny Mueller. And of course you follow him on Twitter at two Packer. It's Ron Meyer. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Good to be here. What an excitement. <laughs> How you doing, guys? Doing I'm fine. drinking whiskey out the bottle, not thinking about tomorrow, singing Sweet Home Alabama all summer long. There you go. So, so two packer, very on brand uh, for you tonight. Love, love hearing that. We get the uh, the Kid Rock and the whiskey comment. So, okay, the the first thing I want to I'm going to address this to Danny first because I think this is going to set this interview up nicely. Danny, I, I want to hear from you how this partnership with Two Packer came to be. Was this something that was born in Louisville? Was this something that was born in Las Vegas? How did this come to be where you guys partnered up this year for this team? Jump in there, Danny. Uh, you gotta love Blog Talk Radio. This is fantastic, <laughs> Danny. If you can, if if you can hear me, give us a call back right now, and, we'll, you, and we'll put you back on. I just I heard him briefly, Ron. Uh, let let's have, we'll we'll have you answer this question <laughs> here. Um, I, I, you have told me this story before. Tell the listeners this was something that Danny approached you with, right? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I've known Danny for a few years uh, in Kentucky and Las Vegas. He's hung out quite a bit and stuff, and he approached me and he was, he was interested because, you know, like all people, they want the non-sheeple rankings cheat sheet that Kurt used to win the Kentucky championship a few years ago, and I don't give that out to anybody. So he was trying to get access to this thing. So I talked to him a little bit, and we came to an agreement, and I'm like, I can't give you the cheat sheet, man. What I'd be willing to do is I can draft some teams because I like to win drafts, and then, uh, you know, we can, uh, you know, settle up uh, the prize winnings afterwards if you're interested. And he jumped out of his chair, had the chance to do this. Plus, the last couple of years, he's extremely afraid of escalators. So, in between uh, games and stuff like that, I'll walk him down the escalators and stuff, too. So, it's a great partnership we got going. <laughs> All right, you know. so, so we got Danny. We got Danny Mueller back right now. Danny, you heard the story of Tupac, how this partnership came to be. It, Danny, Danny, is that true? Is it, is Ron's story of of how this came to be? You just had to have the non sheeple rankings. You needed somebody to walk you up and down escalators. Is that accurate of how this partnership came to be in the FFPC? Well, that's part. That's tr- that's true to a great extent. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, you're coming through fine. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I lost my former partner a couple of years ago, so I wanted to get some new partners. And uh, I've known Ron for years. I've watched him draft. I've competed against him. I know he's good. So I just asked him if he'd be interested in partnering with me. Now, the way I do partnerships is slightly different and probably greatly different than other people do is I let my partner run the league. I let him draft it. I let him make all the lineup decisions. I, I, I don't give him any input unless they ask me. I want them to have the freedom to not feel like I'm looking over their shoulder, second-guessing all everything they do. 
you know, I've run a business for 45 years, and that's called delegation, and I'm <laughs> a strong believer in it. And uh, I think Ron's doing a great job. And uh, in the past, you know, I had a partner for years, and about the only time he ever asked me to do anything is he was tied up at work. You know, he was a police officer. He'd get on there and say, well, you, would, I, I've got an inactive player. Would you t- uh, switch him for some other player? And I'd go on and, and switch it for him. And, and so it's just kind of rare. In fact, I don't. Even, I really don't even look at scores until late Sunday night or early Monday morning. And but Ron texted me last night, last Sunday and said, "It's two hundred something points, pretty good. <laughs> Something to <laughs> so really." Uh, well, Balky, so, I think those are both very good and very truthful answers from these two. Uh, I, I would like to weigh in on this question before before you get to your well before you get to your line of questioning now because I I have watched this much like a, much like a fine a bourbon age in Kentucky over the years and and I think I owe and and I beam with pride the fact that you, that this is a first place team in the FFPC and, and I am. Uh, rooting for uh, so many guys from uh, Kentucky that are playing out there. But I, I feel like I owe uh, an apology uh, to the rest of the field of the FFPC because I really should have done something to nip this in the bud because this is an unholy union <laughs> of too much talent. And I, I just I, – I, it's too late now. Uh, it, it's uh, too to, – you know, make amends to what's been foisted upon the FFPC players that we must uh, that we must deal with. But uh, yeah, guys, congratulations so far. And uh, this, I feel, this is a an unholy union and a talent that is emerging that we will all have to do battle with moving forward. Well, I've been getting a lot of texts and tweets about it and everything. And- I kind of feel badly because Ron really deserves all the credit. I, I, all I did is select him, <laughs> and, and that's it. <laughs> and, and looks like I made a smart selection, so I'm very happy for that. So, okay, let, let's, Danny. I, I do want to ask you this, and we're going to get into to, to Ron's construction of the team here shortly. But um, let's talk about the Atlanta running back situation. It seems that and I know you, Ron had drafted Mike Davis uh, in, in this league, and, and uh, Tupacker, feel free to weigh in on this when, when Danny's done. But with Cordero Patterson sort of taking the lead role in the Falcons' backfield, have you guys found yourself being extra vigilant on the waiver wire, Ron, especially with this team, um, in order to add some running back depth for any of your leagues where you found yourself as Mike Davis as your number three running back? Um, Danny, go ahead, weigh in on this, and then, and then Meyer, uh, feel free to chime in. Well, I, I think I might have been a little ahead of the curve with Corderell because I started picking him up in either the second or third week, and I pretty put a lot of strong bids on him, and I've got a lot of it in a, in a lot of my teams. And I've been very happy with it. Uh, you know, when we was in Vegas, I really couldn't see that game very well, so I really didn't know too much about it. But I saw him the second week, and just looking at him, I said, this guy's special. This coach has figured out how to use this guy. And he's going to get every ounce of talent out of him. And I just put in some pretty strong bids and picked him up in a lot of leagues. And I'm really sick about it this week because I really need him this week. <laughs> but he's on by. <laughs> yeah, such is life, really, when it comes to it. Ron, I think when I saw your bidding budget on this team, you used about 60 to 70% of the funds. Have those been on? sort of lottery ticket running backs? Because I know you drafted a few on this team, and, and you do have some potential. I think Alex Collins is on this team. Um, you have David Johnson. So there are some guys out there, but are you are you still looking to acquire more uh, on a week-by-week basis? Uh, there's not really much out there, I guess. There's a couple of guys um, that I would consider as lottery ticket upsides if some main guys get hurt. Um and I guess you'll know more of who that is after I pick them up because I don't want to really say it right now. But for the most part, um, I put all my eggs in the basket on this one right away, uh, you know, set the uh, sack on the table at draft day um, with taking Derek Henry and Aaron Jones uh, first and second overall. It was a 
is a ballsy move. They both have a week 13 bye week, which is the first week of the league champ or the league uh, playoffs, which I knew going into it as well, but that didn't scare me. Um, little, little tidbit that I talked to our good friends of the show, uh, Darren Fantasy Mojo. Do you know how many teams in the main event have the combo of Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones? Uh, less than 5%. I give up. Eight. So oh, wow. me, and seven, me and seven other people are members of the non-sheeple family in the main event. <laughs> well, you know, so guys, on Patterson, you know, he had the first game against Philly, a good game against Tampa. I think the Giants is when he blew up uh, against the football club in week four. Did you guys go all in in week one? Did you have to see it more than once or or, or were you sold on him from week one? I'm not a big uh, blow my wad week one kind of guy. Um, I save that for the Dave Hubbards of the world. Um, I usually kind of of go with uh, I'm not as successful as him and haven't won a national contest before, but I usually kind of only put a little bit out there, and then as the weeks progressed, then I get a little more aggressive in the slot. But kind of like Danny, um, like weeks two and three, I I did start um, picking up uh, more shares of Magicord for sure to have on my team good for you guys. Well, Balky and I talked about something. Sometimes you just you get a little lucky in that. I mean, Zach Ertz was a draft pick that uh, you could get at bargain uh, double-digit numbers, 13th, 14th round, if I recall, and, and it uh, now he changes direction. I'm a little bullish on it with this move to Arizona. I'm bullish on Goddard remaining in Philadelphia. Uh, you guys have Ertz. What, what can you say about your expectations moving forward? Danny, you alive? Do you like him? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I certainly have some shares, and I I think I started him in a couple of leagues last night. I'm curious if we're going to get double points if he starts at Arizona. But uh, you won't. The NFL you know, will not I, let I him think play it, on, I think on it, Sunday. So we'll quash that. We'll, we'll quash that right now. <laughs> but you know, certainly, it, certainly, it sounds it sounds like a good deal. I mean, Max Williams is producing, which is kind of unusual. I, I, Cliff Kingsbury has coached at Texas Tech for years and uh, seen a lot of his teams, and he never had a tight end at all. So I've never thought he'd be able to use a tight end, but it looks like he's tar- starting to figure it out. Coach so, finally figured out he's in the NFL now. Yeah. <laughs> that only took a few sure. years, for sure. Um, and, and certainly okay, Zach so, is more talented than Williams. No question. Even match. at this age, he, he's, he, he's more talented. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely agree, in agreement with you there, too, Danny. Um, let's, let, let me pose this to you, because... This is something I've been talking about with the Rotoviz um, uh, lowdown guys um, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've been talking about on this show with Farrell and, and some of our previous guests. And I'm gonna exp- it's normally just been Alan Robinson, but I'm going to expand it to Odell Beckham, uh, given how Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, quite frankly, outsnapped him and it wasn't close uh, this past week. And Beckham just cannot get involved in that offense. Now that we know um, what these guys have done in the first five weeks of the season, Danny, are, are they, are, are, is Beckham, is Robinson, are these guys on your bench going forward and you're fully willing to leave them there until they have a breakout game and then you're willing to look at starting them again? How are you treating Beckham and Robinson on the teams you have them on? You know, Beckham, every year. Uh, I drafted him a lot on his last two years in New York and got hurt, didn't play. I drafted him a lot. I drank the Kool-Aid when he went to Cleveland, and he didn't do anything the first year. And the second year, he didn't do anything. And I said, I'm never going to draft Odell Beckham again. I'm never going to drink the Kool-Aid again. And guess what I did? I drank the Kool-Aid again. Oh. And when you know, the first week, he, he didn't play. And I, I was sitting there uh, in Vegas with all the guys watching the games, and I'm going through my phone, moving him off my, roster, off my rosters. Uh I ran through my leagues today, and there was a couple of places I had to start him, and I don't mm. like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'd rather like I'd rather see him 
do it as opposed to start having faith in him. And uh, Alan Robinson has been a big disappointment. I didn't have as much exposure to him as I did Odell. And I don't think I've started him anywhere this weekend, at least so far. Uh, I'm, I don't know what to think about that situation. So I, I thought he was quarterback well, I, I, proof, but I guess he's not. He's not. No, you're right. And uh, and um, uh, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak chiming in in the chat right now. ODB the NFL players is dead as ODB the rapper. Now I know that's, that's oh, a, a little. That, that's a little bit offensive. We're always walking the line on the show, but uh, I think he makes a valid point. He makes oh, a valid goodness. point. It's it's tough. And you know, as fantasy owners too, it's just like, well, I mean, even if he comes through for you in a given week, did you start him that week? Um, is one week enough for him to break out to make you feel like you could start him the next week? I don't know. I mean, there's a ton of red flags with him right now. I don't know what you can get for him in Dynasty uh, either, uh, you know, for, for those of us who, who play Dynasty. It's, it's a really difficult situation to unpack. Farrell, another difficult situation to unpack is what the Bears are going to do in the backfield without Damian Williams. And there's a player that is very much alive, a rookie player, Khalil Herbert. And, guys, you know, th- this – when I start drafting in February, March, the best balls, best ball slim competition, man, they were a blast. And that's where I have this player. Because when you get around to the main event time, the football guy's time, you say, well, I really like that player. But how can he ever play? How can he ever see the field? <laughs> and here we are in week six, and he's just starting back for, for the Bears. Now, I, I tell you what I like about him. He's smart. He's smart enough to leave Kansas, go to Virginia Tech. So he's smart off the field. He's smart on the field. He's patient. He waits for his runs. Physically, he reminds me a little bit of Cam Akers. He he, he runs low to the ground. It it I think possibly a place to give pause if you have this player rostered and you're going to start him this week is is that in the passing game in college he never really did it. But uh, when he did do it, when he did catch balls, he seemed to bust some of them. He had a lot of big numbers. Uh, so, yeah, show smarts, physical, low-to-the-ground runner, has burst that is noticeable and a lot of twitch. I think that's perfect for a running back. It depends on if he gets in the end zone. Guys, are you starting him anywhere? Who's that? I don't even know that guy's name. Ah! <laughs> I believe that Tupacker might be giving us a little bit of that Wisconsin shake there, Bucky. <laughs> well, he, Farrell, he did say he didn't want to reveal uh, certain yes. flyer running backs that may or may not be he, on the waiver wire, which I don't think – I think he, he's ro- – I'd have to check the mojo on this. I think he's rostered in most I told of right you now. we would – I'll, I'll I check told you that. we'd have a hard time getting Pintel out of these guys. I told you. <laughs> so anyone can read between the lines there. On that reply from one two-packer, Ron Mike. Well, uh, Khalil Herbert, uh, I've seen film of him during the rookie, uh, during the, I call it dynasty season, where we're doing rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. And I, I like him a lot, and uh, I thought he's a really good, talented running back. And I noticed he got drafted by Chicago, and I know he's he's third, number three in the pecking order. But when Montgomery went down, there was a few. I actually had Damian Williams. I drafted him pretty often. Uh, but he, uh, Khalil Herbert obviously was uh, available in every league. And I put in pretty strong bids. And I got a lot of him. And I'm really liking it this week. And I've already I've got him in some of my lineups. But, but I'm holding my breath and hoping he does does okay against the Rams. But he is a talented running back. And it was surprising they gave him a lot of carries last week. Yeah. So yeah, they gave him a ton. The we volume see, is there. It's going, yeah, the volume is there. Uh, no question uh, there whatsoever. I do want to let's let's talk about last night's game briefly. We're joined by the way by the 2021 FFPC main event leaders Danny Mueller and Ron Meyer uh, on the show tonight. Antonio Brown was obviously awesome last night. I think he had like nine for 91 plus a touchdown. So you look at this, Meyer, do fantasy owners just need to keep him in now every week without thinking about it? Is he a set it and forget it, even though Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were drafted well ahead of him at the same position in FFPC main event draft? By the way, Khalil Herbert owned in 96% 
of main events right now. Shout out to Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com for that knowledge. But uh, Antonio Brown, Myers, he a third? Is he a must start every single week right now? If I had Evans and Godwin on my team, I would still start Antonio Brown with the usage that he's getting. That's the Myers style. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Antonio Brown was pretty much an auto draft pick for me during the drafts, and I think in the Kentucky leagues I've got him on every single team, uh, and I've been starting him every week, uh, and I do have him on. I have him. Uh, I have him on a few teams with uh, Evans, and I was really disappointed in Evans last night, but I was really thrilled with Antonio Brown. So I'm definitely well, Ron, an Antonio Brown fan. Yeah, I, and I am too. And Danny, you know what's interesting about that? You, I just checked my Kentucky teams, and I felt like I, I had Antonio Brown in a good number of them. You and I must have drafted him in a lot of leagues. I only have him in two leagues, and I feel like I targeted him in a bunch of them. <laughs> this is so frustrating to, to see that, you know, I've, I've been rooting for him every week as if I have him in all these spots. I only have him in two leagues. So so annoying, so frustrating. Um, all right, let, let's move on here. Uh, Farrell's got a question for uh, for you, Ron, about, the, uh, about Alexander Madison and how you're handling them in your first place main event team this week. And Danny, and I appreciate your, your uh, honest answer. We now move to Ron and, you know, we have to take this answer. <laughs> with a, but, but two Packer, it's Dalvin Ron Cook. Myers Dalvin Cook, the, the number two pick. <laughs> oh my God. We got to give some context of that team name, Balky, but uh, Dalvin yeah, Cook, will. Uh, you know, I've did my duty when I had the number two spot. I picked Dalvin Cook just exactly like I was supposed to. I did not do my duty as I did. I did not handcuff him. Uh, And so what do you do with this player? Uh, Are you just – should I just run him out there and start him no matter what? I'm really kind of frustrated with this. Um, I'm a big Florida State Seminoles fan. Dalvin Cook, I love him, even with him being on the Vikings, but – I really wish they would just sit his ass down for a couple weeks and make sure he's 100% mm-hmm. healthy to go the rest of the year. Um, you know, he could go off this week, and I could also see him play two snaps, tweaks his ankle, and then he's done for the rest of the game as well. Um, really on this team, based off of where we, at, where we are at um, already in first, we don't have to try to chase points to move up the system. So to kind of play it safe, I'm just going to throw Madison on the bench this week, and um, I'm going to put that scrub uh, Brandon Cooks back into the uh, starting lineup and uh, hope his quarterback and uh, target him, you know, a dozen times. Yeah, and, See, and that, was, and, that was and, kind of an honest answer, but he threw us Brandon Cooks just to get – just these people weren't paying attention. A little confusion right at the end. I like that, Tupacker. You're very smooth. Well, and and I was, and I can't remember if we. I don't. We we definitely were not talking about this on this. Show. I think I talked with Biplab about this. You know how, how frustrating was it to see um, Davis Mills look like Joe Montana out there and Brandon Cooks not be the <laughs> beneficiary of that. But I think that part of the reason is, and we talk about this all the time, is. Bill Belichick tries to take out your best offensive weapon um, when, yep. when he goes up against you. And the best offensive weapon, no question, for Houston was Brandon Cooks. And that's why we saw Chris Conley and other receivers you will never hear from again with career days. So I, I feel like, you know, despite Cooks seemingly coming back, which, by the way, the Vikings aren't a bye, I believe, next week. So Cooks will get the week off next week regardless. Um, even though you probably won't be able to play Madison this week, Ron, uh, Brandon Cooks is a nice little consolation prize. So, uh, congratulations on that. It's all about building depth, and, and you guys certainly did that here with this squad. All right, let's pitch. Uh, let's go with uh, Ron. Why don't you take this question? It's from Dale in Boston. He writes, is Van Jefferson worth keeping around on my roster? I'm going to have some bye week issues the next couple of weeks. Congrats, guys. That is Dale in Boston. So, Ron, you look at um, uh, Van Jefferson right now. He's obviously behind Cooper Cup, obviously behind Robert Woods. But you can make the case that if either one of those guys goes down, Van Jefferson could be a big beneficiary of it. The question is, when you're faced with bye week issues um, over the next you know, month, month and a half, whatever it is, um, how hard do you have to work to keep Van Jefferson on your roster? I think it's definitely worthwhile keeping. Um, 
He's one of the players when I was drafting this year, I looked at as being a free square that had tremendous upside if, if um, one of the two guys go down. Um, it's a great offense. Stafford is there. He's a, definitely a huge upgrade over Goff. So I was really targeting um, Jefferson at the end of the end of the draft for sure for him. And I think he's worthwhile keeping around. Really, at this point in the season, you know, you know, there's only so many guys that you can pick up on the waiver wire. So why would you want to drop a guy that if he can get the usage, he's going to produce? And he's definitely worth keeping in my book. Uh, one more I email here. I'm going to throw this one. Danny, let me ask you this one because this is, this is pertinent for FFPC players for sure. Joe in Syracuse, New York writes, what should my expectations be for David and Joku going forward now that Jarvis Landry is going to be back? Joe, thank you for listening. Thank you for the email. Um, this is interesting because obviously FFPC, tight end premium, they're always trying to get that, that next big thing at tight end. David Njoku is obviously a pedigreed guy, but you do have Jarvis Landry who's probably running a lot of the same routes as Njoku. You look at what your expectations would be, Danny, for him. I don't know how crazy you went for him on the waiver wire, but uh, what about David Njoku with Cleveland uh, for the remainder of the season or at least the next several weeks? Uh, I don't feel too good about it. I mean, he's definitely a talented player, just we keep waiting for him to do something, and finally he did something the other week and made a long touchdown. And but my gosh, they're throwing to three tight ends, uh, so who knows which? It's like playing whack a ball. Which one do you pick, and which one's <laughs> going to do something? So and you know, Bucky, yes, I uh, in, I'm sorry, Danny. Go. Ahead. I did put in some. I did put in some claims for him, but he was was my first spot. Uh, uh, the first in order, he was two at second or third down, and I landed the first guy that I wanted. So, so let's see. We'll see. I've noticed some other high stakes players have been drafting him, so maybe they know a lot more than I do. So, hey, hey, Balky, uh, I don't believe Danny fully backs the idea of the quarterback at Cleveland either. I don't. I don't think he's a fan. I don't think he's ever really been a fan of, of yeah, the Browns quarterback. Right? You know, I just don't think it, it just it just never has happened. I mean, it's, it's part of it's part of the reason he's down on Ninjoku and really doesn't want to talk to you about Landry either. Yeah, and I think if you if and Danny, feel free to disagree uh, with with us if, if you would. You, as, as as far as uh, quarterbacks go, you're more of a Mason Rudolph type guy rather than Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, that, that's your guy, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Danny is a, uh, a super through and through. Uh, Baker's just a game manager anymore. They're just running the ball. Uh he just really hasn't done as well in the pros as he did in college. It's a mystery. So I'll take well, Danny, it. Is it Danny, what Go do ahead, you think Ron. Baker's going to do? What do you think Baker's going to do this week now with Chubb being out? Um, you think they're going to start slinging the rock a lot more with Hunt in the backfield? Well, it's also going to be interesting. I hear they're going to have high winds too. And bad oh, weather boy. and cold weather and windy, so uh, that game is kind of hard to call right now. Now I do know in Oklahoma we have a lot of winds, and Baker always threw well in the winds, except for he couldn't throw in against a 50 mile an hour wind in one game. Uh, but we'll see. Currently, uh, as I look at that at that game, which kicks off at 4.05 Eastern on, uh, on Sunday, the undefeated Arizona Carters rolling into basically three and two Cleveland Browns. Total in that open at 53, it's now down to 48.5. Browns are actually a three-and-a-half point favorite in that game. This despite not having the services of one Nick Chubb, um, Odell Beckham Jr. being an afterthought, and then Arizona not having the services of their um, head coach, slash offensive coordinator and their quarterbacks coach slash offensive coordinator. So there's a lot to, it's a, like Danny said, that's, that's a hard game uh, to sort of handicap and, and know who to start and who to bench in, in there going forward. Um, it's a tough question to answer Farrell, but perhaps not as tough as the question you have for Danny and Ron here. 
Oh, guys, I love it. Danny, we're going to go with you first, and then, Ron, you're going to take us home. Because we got to know this, and, uh, you know, just, just to remind the listeners, you can trust what Danny says. Take what Ron says with a grain of salt. Uh, there are certain <laughs> retired players that he might advise you to pick up or play. But, Danny, uh, first-round draft picks, second-round draft picks, players say, you know what, i, I got to play him. I spent all this draft capital on him. Is there a player – that you will not start or, or other players should not start just this week, uh, despite where you might have drafted him, despite the draft capital you paid on him. And then will you please give us a sleeper, a guy that only you have a real feel for. And we've talked about a couple of them. You know, Van Jefferson's one of my favorite sleepers. But nevertheless, can you give us a sleeper too? Uh, Danny, you go first, and, and then we'll see what two-packer will try to pull the wool over our eyes with. Well, let's have some fun with this. How about Derrick Henry? (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Wow! Cut him off. off. He's out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. You guys are gonna. You guys aren't gonna play Henry this weekend, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, I I just thought. Danny, let's let's hear the philosophy behind this one. Well, they're going up against the Bills' defense, and we've got the Bills' defense. We need our Bills' defense to score a lot of points. And <laughs> uh, so. oh, that's that prairie wisdom for you right there, I, guys. But, yeah, no, I get it, man. I get it. I'm on board. I don't think I could do it, but I'm on board. <laughs> well, who's that sleeper, Danny? Since you surprised us here, you got to have a whale of a sleeper. <laughs> does, does, does it have to be somebody that I have on one of my teams? <laughs> no, because we were no, not hearing not the, about those nope. players anyway. <laughs> well, a, a player I'm wishing I had on a team is J.D. McKissick. You know, that guy uh, is looking good. Uh, if I had him, I'd definitely be starting him. And uh, I, I tell you, we got so many injuries and so many variances and everything. It's it's sometimes tough to cobble in the lineup. Period. Uh, getting truthful, I don't know if there's anybody in the first or second round that I wouldn't start just because I need to. Uh, even if they project to have a bad game, and actually most of them do have projections for good games except for the ones that aren't playing um, I have been puzzled and it, with the situation of the weather in Cleveland kind of bothers me I've been really wanting to start Rondell Moore this week I just have a feeling uh-huh. that he's going to do good and uh, I have him on several teams but I'm fearful of that situation down there and the, the coach coming down with COVID doesn't help matters much so I'll let Ron chime in now. So I've yeah, had my Rondo, what do you got for us? So. <laughs> well, obviously Danny started drinking again when he's picking the Derrick Henry not to start. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am a firm believer of if you're going to spend a first or second round pick, and you're picking sexy picks, so we're not talking stones, you should be starting them every week regardless of matchup. Now, if you're one of those super hyped people that follow, you know, the guy that's supposed to be good like a CH or a Miles Sanders last year in the first round, yeah, I can see bench in their butts. But otherwise, a first or a second round um, pick, I really do not, you know, really have a guy that I would say that you would um, want to put on your bench this week. So, I'm going to punt that one, so I don't have one for you. So my advice is to not do that. Um, My sleeper guy that I think um, is going to do well this week is I'm going to go with uh, Nicole Hardman uh, against the Redskins or the Washington football team is the guy who I think has a shot if you need a a flex two spot with bye weeks right here. Um, he's definitely worth um, bringing out there. I don't. I don't know the total story on uh, Tyreek if he's how, how healthy he's going to be this week. So I think he's worth a shot because uh, Washington definitely can give up some yards and points. Okay, that's okay. beautiful. So, Thank you, Ron. The it is it is beautiful if he's telling the truth, Farrell. And I this think is what is. we need to get back to. Okay, all right. Well, I'm, let me tell you a time where he didn't tell the truth. 
And uh, yeah, this was going back that. in Kentucky, I don't know, five or six years ago. I was, I was, I think I was drafting, Ron, you can maybe remember this too. I was drafting either 10th or 11th and you were 12th and we took the yep. round eight break and I was talking to you and I was talking to, I think our, our good buddy and, and former Kentucky overall main event champ, uh, Kurt Awe, about what I was going to do when it came back into round nine. Now I already, I, I, I think I had a hole. I, this is where I can't remember. I either had a hole at running back or I had the starting running back for the Rams and I wanted to grab Steven Jackson coming back. And, and no, like Ron and the other guy drafting 11th, um, or if it was me drafting 11th, um, like I was pretty confident I was going to go. You were in 2012. Okay. So I already had like four running backs already. That's, that's what was, yeah. So you had four run. So I was pretty confident I was going to get him. I even kind of poked your, your, your picture brand and, and you were talking about this receiver, this tight end. And I'm like, okay, well, clearly Ron is not going after Steven Jackson. So I was all ready when we came back from break to, um, to, to draft Steven Jackson um, uh, on my team and, and move forward. And then we start up again and, and Ron's first up to act. And who does he take? I'll take running back Steven Jackson. What? How, how does how does that work? What 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 happened? Like as your number five running back after telling you you're going to take a receiver, a tight end, or a quarterback for God's sake? I don't know what it was. And from then on, now it's unfortunate that your last name rhymes with liar. But from then on, Ron Meyer as a liar was a perfect fantasy football team for you, for me, really anybody who plays in the KFFSC or the FFPC. That's the way I remember it, Ron. Yeah, right away after I picked that guy. You went on full tilt, jumped out of your seat, yep. slammed your pen down and rent, screams as loud as he can in the ballroom. You're a liar. I did not react. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not Yes, I did you did. I thought you had a hot foot, Balky. I thought somebody yeah, gave me I, a hot foot when you jumped up. That was I about, really did. That was, I, was not, I was not proud of my behavior. I did not handle it well. Um, oh, and I learned fantastic. from the experience. Fantastic. And, and if there is ever a time, Farrell – that I am on the turn with Ron, with one Ron Meyer. If he's at the 11 or the 2 and I'm at the 1 or the 12, I will indeed go out of my way to train wreck my team to make sure I take care of whoever he was going to take uh, as it comes back. That hasn't happened yet, but I'm plotting my way. I am plotting oh. my way uh, to doing that going forward. Uh, kidding aside, I do want to thank our guest tonight, Danny Mueller, who you can follow on Twitter at DannyMueller1, Ron Meyer, who you can follow on Twitter at 2 Packer. Uh, they are the co-leaders in the FFPC main event for $500,000 as we head into week six. Gentlemen, you're already off to a good start with your Buccaneers last night. Uh, Ron, I do want to uh, let you know I am, una- I am unavailable for the uh, soup walk in downtown Appleton tomorrow. My wife is going out of town, and I am on kid duty all day, so I cannot make the soup walk. You're going to have to pound all that uh, chowder and uh, chicken noodle without me. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring Grace over to watch your kids. It'll turn out okay. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm in. All right, I'm in. Guys, thank you so much. Good luck in week six. I certainly appreciate you uh, hopping aboard tonight, fellas. Good talking to you guys. It was fun. Yeah. Good talking to you. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Danny Miller, oh, ladies man. and gentlemen, and of course the venerable Ron Meyer at Danny Miller one at Two Packer. Did we learn anything, Farrell? I think we learned a few things there. We learned that. Uh, we learned that they shot a significant smoke screen at us. I don't, first of all, believe that they're not co-conspirators in all moves with the team lineup. And uh, Danny, Danny is the salt of the earth, but I, I don't believe he can risk uh, not getting on the, or, or uh, resist rather not getting on the phone with Ron Meyer and talking a little football as uh, we move forward. I, I take him at his word for what he's done so far, but I think that plan of management will. Uh, be seated to a uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of a brotherly working together towards this championship moving forward. That's the phone call I want to get though on Sunday night when I'm when you know Danny said he doesn't check scores till late Sunday night yep. or or Monday or Tuesday or whatever. You get a phone call from your co-manager knowing that you're already in second place in the FFPC main event, and he calls up and says, "Hey, we're at you know 200 plus. We still got Mark Andrews in the Bills defense yet. I mean that is." That is a great fall. They were up. I think they were up. Giuseppe Leantonio um, was first the last couple of weeks. He slipped the second. I think they had coming into week six, they have a 50 point lead. Thanks to that 271 or 272, what a 275 
whatever they put up this past week. So they really are looking good. really good as far as the regular season points title goes at a minimum. Could be even bigger things. Uh, speaking of bigger things, let's go ahead and uh, answer as many emails as we can here, Farrell. Okay. Uh, Neil in Albuquerque uh, writes, Dear Balky and Farrell, with Barkley not playing this week, would you start Devontae Booker over Melvin Gordon? Good luck in week six. That is Neil in Albuquerque. Um, so I believe Melvin Gordon is officially listed as questionable for this game. And it sounds at least everything I've been reading, it sounds like he is going to go. Um, he was not, uh, he was limited in practice uh, yesterday and today, but that was the case the last couple of weeks. And, and he's, he's um, it sounds like he's going to go. So Farrell, um, Devonte Booker is probably going to be the man uh, for New York this week with no Saquon Barkley. Would you play Booker over Gordon this week? It's a tough question because it's not unusual for a player like Gordon to, to take a few days off from practice. He may be he may be on the injury report or he may just be resting. He's made a fortune in his career of abusing the Raiders, and I expect that to continue given the opportunity to play. If you have Booker, you either picked him up on waiver wires or you drafted him as a one true handcuff for this situation. But now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's the L.A. Rams uh, with the Giants this weekend. Correct. Yep. Yeah, you know, that Rams defense is a stout one. And uh, game uh, the game script, as the game develops and the plays are called, may put the ball in the air in the hands of Tony and some of these short receivers. Uh, we uh, uh, we have Sterling Shepard returning to the lineup, I think, this week. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, lean towards Gordon here, who still has the majority share of the snaps on this offense, it's about 55 to 45. Uh, a good friend provided me with that information this week. And uh, and uh, Melvin Gordon uh, is still the man in Denver, and I think that's who I'm going with. Javante Williams will have his time in Denver. That time is not yet. I do believe Melvin Gordon is still the guy there. And you mentioned it, torched the Raiders, not only with the Broncos, but when he was with the Chargers as well. So I think – History is any guy to go with Gordon here, and that's what I would roll with. You mentioned Kadarius Tony. This next email we have from Taylor in San Jose, Farrell, mentions Kadarius Tony. He writes, hey, guys, should I act, uh, temper expectations for Kadarius Tony with Sterling Shepard back this week? I could start Darnell Mooney over him against the pack secondary without Alexander. Taylor, appreciate you listening. Appreciate you emailing. Let's try to help him out, Farrell. Would you start Kadarius Tony over Darnell Mooney this week? Mm, Giants quarterback is going to be challenged playing the Los Angeles Rams, but to answer that challenge, you've got to get the ball in the hands of playmakers in a short passing game. That's why Shepard and Tony should do very, very well in this game. And uh, I think the, the point spread on this is like 10.5 for the Rams. So you assume the Giants are going to have to be all hands on deck and have to move the ball in the passing game. I don't expect them to run well against. Uh, uh, against the Rams. And while the quarterback in New York may be challenged, the quarterback in Chicago at times uh, with all the problems he's dealing with, the rookie running back in the backfield, the rookie quarterback, it's a, just a situation for Mooney that uh, uh, the ball is uh, inconsistently coming at him. And sometimes I think um, when I watch him passing from, from fields that he couldn't hit Lake Michigan from the shore. So I'm going to go here with Tony. I am of the opinion that uh, Justin Fields will be targeting Allen Robinson quite a bit this week um, because of the lack of Jair Alexander. Uh, the rookie Eric Stokes will probably draw the Allen Robinson defensive assignment. That's a battle that Allen Robinson should and uh, should win, uh, definitely can and will uh, should win. So I like um, him this week, not so much Mooney. Um, Daniel Jones has already been cleared to play against the Rams. And you mentioned game script, Farrell. I think the game script favors players like Sterling Shepard, Kadarius, Tony. And that's why I will agree with you and say Tony is the guy to start over Darnell Mooney this week. Hopefully that helps you out. Taylor in San Jose. Cody in Las Vegas. Is Seals Jones going to do it two weeks in a row? Would you start him over Jared Cook? Thanks so much. That is Cody in Las Vegas. So you look at uh, the matchups here uh, this week for, uh, for these tight ends. Uh, you have Jared Cook this week uh, going up against the uh, Baltimore Ravens on the East Coast. Uh, he goes on the road. Then you have Seals Jones, who uh, stays at home, but he faces the Chiefs. I saw a stat this week, and, it, and I, I'm terribly sorry I can't cite the uh, give the credit to who, who pointed this out on Twitter. The record 
for highest yards per play in NFL history was the greatest show on turf, the Kurt Warner, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, uh, Marshall Falk, Rams back in Mm -hmm. the day. They averaged seven yards a play. Currently, the Chiefs' defense on the season is averaging giving up 7.1 yards per play. And Mm. I'll tell you this, they haven't been going up against the greatest show on turf every single week. They've been going up against a lot worse teams than that. So I am of the opinion that uh, Taylor Heineke, and we'll get to him in a second, has a pretty good game against Kansas City, probably a shootout game. And I like Seals Jones this week. You know, the the Washington uh, receiver room is really banged up. Terry McLaurin popping up on the injury report today. They're hoping he goes. Man, if he can't go, Seals Jones is going to get all he can handle in this game, Farrell. I agree with you 100%. Now, let's look at Jared Cook. Uh, now, this Jared Cook is a player that fantasy uh, managers have relied on for years. And Jared Cook is in the same situation. You can imagine a uh, Lamar Jackson-Justin Herbert game where whoever has the ball last is going to win. And it's uh, we look at this matchup, um, Baltimore is uh, really crippled in, in pass coverage. They're they're a big big mess. I don't think you can go wrong with these players. And this being an FFPC team, I would reevaluate my reevaluate my lineup and see if uh, yeah yep. if, if you might be able to get both these players in your lineup at the, at the uh, at the sacrifice of your uh, least attractive flex position player. So that would be uh, to to the to the questioner. That would be my response. I actually agree with you on that. I had not thought about that. But, yeah, with the FFPC being able to to flex out two players, you could flex out two tight ends if you want and start uh, three of them. And if you have Seals Jones and Jared Cook, I think you've got to find a way to get them both into your FFPC starting lineup this week. Final email we have, and I teased this earlier, John in Whiteville, North Carolina. I picked up Taylor Heineke last week, guys. Is he the right play over Ryan Tannehill this weekend? Uh, Thank you for the email, John. Farrell, I drafted Tannehill, I think, one or two leagues, and he's basically been my own quarterback. And, and I've been a little nonplussed uh, with his performance yep. so far this season. Now, he does get back, seemingly, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown this week. That will certainly help him out. But Taylor Heineke, man, I mean, I don't know if it's game script. I don't know if, it, if it's the Washington defense not playing up to snuff so far. But he continues to put up numbers. And, yeah, I actually would start Heineke over Ryan Tannehill this week. Do you agree, sir? You know, uh, easy, an easy choice, and Heineke could go over a lot of quarterbacks this week. You know, he, he's in a uh, he's in a shootout, and Heineke reminds me of the way he plays. He, he's, he's like the gunman showing up with a six-shooter, hanging low, ready to shoot somebody. You take uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, he impresses me as the city slicker getting off the stage, coach. This is a guy that is going to be uh, he, he's so run-dependent at Tennessee and those uh, those runs are not coming uh, in anywhere near the goal line where Tannehill used to to uh, increase his fantasy scoring last year was those touchdown runs, and it's not present this year. So I would I would very much uh, I, I think it's an easy decision Taylor Heineke this week in front of Tannehill. Uh, an easy decision is listening and heeding the advice of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner, one Farrell Elliott. Follow him on Twitter, at Elliott. Check out the KFFSC at KFFSC.com. Farrell, well, fun episode tonight. I mean, they're always fun with you for sure. Certainly appreciate you carving out some time to co-host this show with me tonight. We will do it again next Friday, my friend, and good luck to you in week six. Thank you, Balky. See you next week. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the co-host of the High Stakes Fantasy Footballer Hopping Aboard. What a tremendously good job he does each and every week on this program. I want to not only thank Farrell, but I want to thank Danny Mueller, Ron Meyer, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you who are listening to the program tonight. Remember to go to rotaviz.com slash podcasts or anywhere you get podcasts to check out the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown featuring Biff Lab Mandel, guy who's also enjoying a lot of FFPC main event success with three teams in the top 40 as we head in to week six. Uh, Farrell and I will be back live next Friday night at 10, 9 central with another great high stakes guest. I hope uh, you all enjoy week six. Remember to get those lineups in early. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by My 
FFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I know I touched on it uh, a little bit earlier, but remember, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time is when the Dolphins and Jags get it on in uh, jolly old London town this week. So get those lineups in either Saturday night or Sunday morning so you're not left out in the cold on that. Um, as well as uh, I want to thank Frederick the Younger, who, um, and I don't give him enough, I give him short shrift on this show every single week. Frederick the Younger does our outro music on this program. Check out their music anywhere you get music, and of course, FrederickTheYounger.com. Thanks to everybody for listening. I hope you have a great week six, and we will talk with you again next Friday, 10, 9 central.